This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we start out with a few laughs, and then later, we'll deal out some super sleuthing from Sam Spade. But first, Archie Andrews. Now, he was created in 1941 by publisher John L. Goldwater and artist Bob Montana, in collaboration with writer Vic Bloom. And the main character in the American uh, comic book series that was published by Archie Comics, as well as a long-running Archie Andrews radio series, a syndicated comic strip, you ever lock yourself out of your house or apartment? Hmm? We'll find out how Archie's parents handled that problem in tonight's show. Hello? Hello, Jughead. This is Archie. Come over right away. It's a matter of life or death. Oh, relax, Archie. Relax. Millions of readers of Archie Comics magazine know and love so well, Archie Andrews and all his gang. Now for our weekly visit to Riverdale. It's 10 o'clock Friday evening as we join the Andrews family, and we find Mr. and Mrs. Andrews just returning home after an evening of bridge. Well, Mary, that was quite an evening. So I guess this time we showed the Hendersons who plays the best game of bridge. Yes, dear. <laughs> How much did we lose? <laughs> well, uh, if you had returned my lead in that last hand, we'd have won. We... Now, Fred, let's not rehash that last hand all night. The game's over, it's late, and I'm tired. So open the door and let's get to bed. All right, all right. I... Oh, good grief. What's the matter? Oh, well, nothing, dear, but you better let me have your keys. All right, dear. I... My keys? My house keys? Yes, dear. I didn't take mine when we went out. But, Fred, my keys are in my purse, and I told you I was leaving my purse home tonight. Mary, what has that got to do with opening the... Dude, left your purse? <laughs> you mean to say your keys are locked inside the house, too? I'm afraid so. Oh, good grief. We're locked out. It looks that way. Well, all the time for this to happen. No keys. Mary, how can you be so absent-minded? Fred, You're always I... forgetting things. Fred, Never I... saw anyone like you for forgetting things. Fred, you forgot your keys, too, remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I did, didn't I? Oh. oh, well, doesn't matter, dear. Doesn't matter. I'll just ring the bell and wake Archie up. That's all. All right. For a minute, I was afraid you... Wake Archie up? Fred, you can't do that. Why not? The boy's probably just gotten asleep. Yeah, but Mary, You wake I... him up now and he'll never get back to bed. Mary, I... Besides, it's not fair to Archie to wake him out of a sound sleep. He's a growing boy and he needs his sleep. Mary, look, I'm not a growing boy, but I need sleep, too. <laughs> Fred, I know that, but do we have to wake Archie? Nope. 
No, we don't have to wake him. We can just curl up on the front lawn and spend the night there. Oh, dear. Well, all right, Fred. I suppose we have to wake the boy up. Ring the bell. All right. Don't know why you couldn't have said that five minutes ago. Stand here all night arguing about whether to get into my own house or not. Cold out here, too. What's taking that boy so long, anyway? Well, he'll be down in a minute. He has to put on his bathrobe and slippers, doesn't he? Mary, about you were a centipede, he could have put his slippers on by this time. I'll ring it again. <laughs> now what's keeping him? Well, he always was a sound sleeper. Mary, a dead man would have heard the bell by this time. <laughs> Him. Oh, me. All right, dear. I'll call him. Archie! Call again, dear. Archie! Call again. Archie! Call again. Mary, you sound like a telephone operator. <laughs> what? Never mind, dear. Never mind. Archie! Yes, and it's about time you heard me. About time? Yes. Fred, I... Mary, I'll handle this. Yes, you about time. I rang that bell for an hour. But Dad, now I... get down here and open this door. Well, Dad, and I... hurry up. Well, Dad, I can't I... stand here all night. Fred, the boys. Mary, right... please. But Fred, I'm trying to tell you, Archie is right there beside you. Mary, me. I know that, but what difference does it make if he is? The door right here. <laughs> Grief. Archie, where did you come from? Jughead's house, Dad. I went over there to do some homework with him right after you and Mom left for the Hendersons. Oh, fine. And I thought you were up and you... Oh, well, it doesn't matter now. As long as you're here, Archie. As long as you're here, unlock that front door. Okay, Dad. Give me your keys. All right. I have them right here in my... Please, <laughs> my keys. Archie, that's the point. I don't have my keys. I left them in the house. Gee whiz, you did? Yes, I did. Now, use your own keys and open that door. Well, gee whiz, Dad, when I went to Jughead's house, I forgot you had gone out and I didn't take my keys with me. Archie, never mind the details. Just open the door and... <laughs> what did you say? I said I didn't take my keys with me. Mary, Mary, did you hear what the boy said? He didn't no, take his... Fred, don't he... make a scene. Don't make a scene. Mary, I'll... After all, if we uh... both forgot our keys, why shouldn't Archie be entitled to forget his? Because nobody with any brains ever... I, I mean, if he took after me, he... I mean, he has no right to... 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 Grief, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> Fred, it looks like we're locked out. Let's face it. Mary, I am facing it, but I don't know what to do about it. Gee whiz, maybe the back door is open. No, dear, it isn't. You know that ever since the time burglars broke into Mrs. Hastings' house and took $6 in Mr. Hastings' wig, I always lock all the windows and doors before we go out so nobody can get in. Including us. Fred, I didn't forget the keys on purpose, you know. Yes, Mary, I... What's that? She wish that's our fault. Oh, fine. Oh, dear. I wonder who it can be. Might be important. Yeah. It might even be Veronica. Oh, dear. Fred, we've got to answer the phone. And just how do you suggest I do that from out here? Gee whiz, maybe if we shouted hello real loud, they'd... Dear, don't be funny. Oh, dear. 
frustrating to hear it not be able to answer it. Mary, look, if it's important, they'll call back later. Besides, it seems to have stopped now anyway. Yes, so. Fred, we've got to get into that house. Yes, Mary, I know that, but how? Hey, gee whiz. What is it? An open window. An open window? Where? Where, Archie? Where? Up there in my room. Good. We had just climbed through and... Up there. In your room? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Archie, look, a lot of help that is. How are we going to get into an open window up in the second floor? Fly? She was no, Dad. We can use our stepladder. Stepladder? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yes, yeah, stepladder. <laughs> Archie, that's a wonderful idea. Fine, Archie. Great. Go get the ladder. Okay, Dad. It's down in the basement. Give me your key. All right. I have the right... Don't! Don't! For the last time, I don't have my keys, so please quit asking for them. Gee whiz, I forgot. Archie, are you sure the ladder's down in the basement? Belongs in the garage. Oh, I'm positive, Mom. I saw it down there just this afternoon. But what the Dickens is it doing there? Well, you put it there. Oh. Fred, never mind what it's doing there. We can't get it, and that's that. Oh, I guess so. But, Mary, what are we going to do? We can't stand here all well, night. Gee whiz, Dad, I know. No? No what? Well, I can just run next door to Betty's house and borrow their ladder. Their ladder? Sure, Dad. Don't you remember that big extension ladder that Betty's father has? Oh, yes. Uh, that's just what we need. Run over and borrow. Okay, Dad, be right back. <laughs> well, well, Mary, now we're getting someplace. As soon as Archie gets that ladder, we'll just climb up to that open window up there and get into the house. <laughs> yes, sir, it's a good thing I thought of Betty's father's ladder. You thought of it? Fred Andrews, it was Archie who thought of it, not you. Yeah, all right, dear, all right, all right. Oh, Archie thought of it. The main thing is that as soon as he gets the ladder, we'll get into... Hello! Jughead. What'd you expect? The shadow? <laughs> No, Jughead, I did not expect the shadow, nor you either. Jughead, what are you doing here? Oh, well, Mrs. Andrews, I brought the big book back. You what? Brought the big book back. Jughead, what is a big book back? Gee, you don't understand. There's no such thing as a big book back. Didn't you say you just brought one? No, I said I brought the big book back. <laughs> Jughead, I still don't know what the dickens you're talking about. I'm talking about Archie's history book. History book? Uh-huh. Archie has two history books, a big one and a small one. What about it? Well, he left the big one at my house. Yes? I thought he might need it, so I brought the big book back. Oh, for pity's sake. Jughead, why didn't you say so? I did, five times. <laughs> say, what are you folks doing out here, anyway? Jug, we're waiting for Archie to get back here with the ladder. We're locked out. Locked out? Locked out of your house? Yes, Doug had locked out of the house. She was... My Uncle Herman was locked out of the house once, and he had to pick the lock with a hairpin. With a hairpin? Uh-huh. And boy, did he have trouble. What kind of trouble? Wrong house. <laughs> oh, for pity's sake. Doug Head, that's very interesting, but we don't have time for your stories about your Uncle Herman right hey, now. Hey, wait, wait a minute. What? Mary, that's a wonderful idea. What's a wonderful idea? Well, why wait for Archie to get back here with that ladder and then have to go climb through a window? I bet I could pick that lock. Fred, you're fooling. I am not. As a matter of fact, picking a lock is very simple. The chief of police was showing us how it's done down at the Chamber of Commerce lecture on crime prevention last month. Why, it's a sin. Oh, but Fred, I Mary, don't... I tell you, there's nothing to it there. Besides, what do we have to lose? A hairpin. Jug, be quiet. Mary, do you have a hairpin? Well, yes, dear, I think so. There should be one of my hair right here somewhere. 
Oh, here it is, dear. Thank you, dear. Thank you. I should have thought of this long ago. Now, just watch the old master go to work. Yeah, Raffles Andrews, they call him. Just be quiet. Now, just put the hairpin in here. And I turn it around till it catches on the tumbler like that. Then I give it a little twist and... Uh, that's funny. Fred, does it work? No, dear. There must be something wrong with the lock. The hairpin's stuck in it. You mean you can't get the hairpin out? No, dear, I can't. When the chief of police did it, it was the simplest thing I ever saw. Fred I... Andrews, a lot of help you are. Now the lock's jammed and we'll have to call someone in tomorrow to no, no, fix no, no, it. No, 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 dear, don't get excited. Oh, we're no worse off than we were. We just wait for Archie to bring the ladder. Then after we get into the house, I'll get some flyers and get that hairpin out myself. Oh, I don't think you... Oh, here's the... Oh, he has the ladder. Yeah. Yeah, I got the ladder, Dad. But I had to wake Betty's father up, and boy, was he mad. Oh, dear. Was he very mad? No, it doesn't matter, Mary. It doesn't matter. I'll apologize to him in the morning. The main thing is we have the ladder, and now we can get into the house. Okay, All right, now, then, let's... Oh, fine. She was there goes the phone again. Oh, dear. It must be something important. Yeah, I bet it's Veronica. Archie, she said I... she'd call. Archie, and I, I said I... I'd be home. And Archie, she'll think I... I'm out with another girl. What Archie, a... look! There was no sense standing here moaning about that phone. We can't answer it. Now, the sooner we get up that get that ladder set up, and the sooner we get up to the where we're going, we can answer the phone, call Veronica, and see if she's the one who's calling. Yes, Dad. Stop now, anyway. Well, come on. Get the ladder and. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Gee whiz, that sounds like Jughead. Archie, don't be silly. Jughead is right here. Good grief, where is Jughead? Fred, that is Jughead. Yes, Mary, but where the dickens is he? Jughead, where are you? Down in the basement. Down in the basement? How could he be down in the basement? Fred, I don't know. That basement window over there is open. He must have gone in through that. Oh, good grief. Jughead, are you down there? You are ready get me out of here. Uh, Jughead, calm down for a minute. How did you get in there? I saw this window open and I climbed in so I could go upstairs and open the first door for you. Oh, Jughead, that's wonderful. Go ahead, go on upstairs and open the door for us. That's just it, I can't. I laid it in a closet or something and it's locked. Oh, for pity's sake. Fred, that window leads into the storage closet where I keep my jams and jellies and preserves. Good grief. Mary, do you keep that closet locked? No, dear, it isn't locked, but I keep a piece of wood in the latch so the door won't swing open. And as far as Jughead's concerned, it's locked. Get me out of this closet! Jughead, listen, can't you climb back out of the window? No! I had it jumped down and I had nothing to stand on to get back up. There's nothing here but some jars. Fred, tell him not to dare stand on those jars. Well, Mary, those are I my can't... best jams and jelly. Mary, He'll I... break every one of them if he tries to stand on them. Mary! I'll tell him. Well, Dr. Pete, they calm down and quit worrying about your jams and jellies. Oh, Fred, I don't want him to break them. It took me Mary, hours I and hours. Mary, I said I'd tell him. All right, dear. Jughead, look. I'm looking, but it's too dark to see anything. <laughs> then listen. I'm listening. It looks like you had to stay right where you are for a while. What is it, Jughead? Jughead! Okay, okay. Now, Jughead, it'll take us just a minute to get that ladder up and get into the house. And as soon as we do, we'll come down and let you out of there. But right now, there's nothing you can do but sit there and be patient. You understand? 
Let's put that ladder up. Okay, Dad. Boy, but that jughead sure gets into things. He certainly does. We'll have him out in a minute. Now, let's just put this ladder up against the house. Okay, Dad, I have this side. Oh, good. Stand it against the house. Yep. There we are. It doesn't reach high enough. Of course it doesn't, dear. Not yet. We have to raise the extension half to where we want it. Oh, Doc, you hold the ladder, and I'll pull on this rope to raise the other half of the ladder. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay. Listen. Yeah, attaboy, Dad. It's going up. It's going up, all right. Uh, just a little more, dear. How's that? Oh, yeah, that's fine, Dad. It's right under my window. Oh, all right. Now we're all set. Archie, go up that ladder and climb. Dad. Huh? Don't you dare send Archie up that ladder. Why not? Because it's dangerous. That's why not. He might slip and fall right off the ladder and break a leg. Fred, you go up. Oh. (laughs) All right, I'll go. Who go up? Oh, it's all right if I slip and break a leg, I suppose. It doesn't matter if I break a leg. I didn't mean that at all. I meant you'll be more cautious about it, dear. You know how reckless youngsters are. Who is, Mom? I'm not reckless. Never mind, Archie. Your mother is right. I'll go up the ladder. She was okay, okay. But I can climb a ladder just as good as anyone. There's some other time, Archie. Well, here I go. Be careful now, Fred. Yes, I am, dear. I am. Ah, boy, Dad. Keep going. Yes, Archie. Careful, Dad. You're coming to the extension now. Careful. I know it, Archie. I know it. I... Oh, 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 Dad, you're slipping. Oh, Fred, what happened? Mary, you saw what happened. I got halfway up that ladder, the darn extension slipped, and I slid back down. That's what happened. Gee whiz. You know, it probably didn't lock in place like it was supposed to. It probably didn't. I was lucky I didn't fall off there and break my neck. Hello, everybody. Gee whiz, Betty. Oh, fine. Hello, Betty. How's the ladder working out, Mr. Andrews? Betty, so far the ladder is not working out. It isn't? No, it isn't. I put the ladder up, then I got halfway up, then the extension slipped back, and I slid off the ladder. Oh, golly, no wonder. Huh? You've got the ladder wrong side out. Wrong side out? Uh Uh-huh, sure. Hmm? Turn it over so the extension part is outside, and then it can't slip. Uh, Oh, well, is that why it slipped? Oh, sure it is, Mr. Andrews. I'm sure that's why. Positive that's why. I think. Uh, Well, maybe you're right, Betty, Yeah, I think you are right. Come on, Archie, let's twist the ladder around so I can use the other side of it. Okay, Dad. Easy now. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. now I got it. There we are. Uh, Now I'll raise the extension again, and we're all set. Yeah, sure. I should have thought of that myself. There. Yeah, 
now, Sophie. Oh, Fred, be careful. Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Andrews. It'll work all right now. Yes, sir. Can't miss now. Uh, after all, a ladder is a I'll get up there this time, or my name is Fred Andrews. Call me Joe. Gee whiz. Golly, Fred, did you hurt yourself? Mary, I didn't do myself any good. Oh, oh, my back. Oh, golly, I'm sorry, Mr. Andrews. I guess the other way was right in the first place. Right in the first place? Betty, oh, I... Fred, don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. I fall off a ladder and nearly kill myself because Betty tells me to turn it over and you tell me not to make a scene. Mary, I... I... Arguing about it won't do any good. If you don't know how to use that ladder, don't use it. But we've got to get into the house. All right, dear, all right. But if we're going to get into that house, Mary, we'll have to find some other way of going. Oh, great. Golly, what's that? Jughead. He's in the basement. Oh, dear. Fred, we better see what's the matter. Jughead sounds like he's in trouble. Oh, dear. Jughead, what is it? Oh, Jughead, I'm right here. What's the matter? Jughead, I said I'm right here. What's the matter? Jughead, you mean to say you made all that noise because there's a little mouse in there? Yeah, I'm afraid of mice in the dark. <laughs> oh, fine. Jughead, look, if there is a mouse in there, believe me, he's more afraid of you than you are of him. Yeah, but he's afraid to get out of here and I don't. <laughs> well, then you may be sure he's gone by now, so just be quiet. Okay, but when do I get out of here? As soon as we get into the house, just be patient. He was okay, but hurry up. Yes, Jughead. Oh, that Jughead. Mary, I tell you, that boy is Fred, not right. Fred, never mind, Jughead. Now we still have to get into the house. It's getting late. Mary, don't you think I want to get into that house as much as you do? Yes, dear. But do something about it. I'm trying to, dear. I'm trying... Oh, no. She was the phone again. Golly, and you can't answer it, can you? Uh, no, we can't answer it. So I don't want to hear any more moaning about how important the call probably is. Just let the darn thing ring and ignore it. Yeah, Dad. But whoever it is sure keeps calling back. Archie, it may be three different people who have called. Or it may even be three wrong numbers for all we know. Just forget the darn thing. Okay, Dad, okay. Stop anyway again. Now, does anybody have any ideas of how we're going to get into this house? Mr. Andrews. Yes, I just noticed something on the ladder. Betty, I don't want to hear any more about that ladder. It is a menace to life and limb. I am not going up on it again for a million dollars. Okay, Mr. Andrews, but I'm just curious about whether you locked it. Locked it? Well, yes, you see this gadget? It says lock here. That's so it won't slip back. Oh, good grief. I never saw that. Gee whiz, no wonder the ladder kept slipping. For pity's sake. Fred, do you think it's safe to try it again if you lock it with that gadget? Oh, I don't know, Mary. I... And, Dad, I'll hold the ladder this time, and we'll be doubly sure it won't slip. No, maybe so. All right, Archie. I don't know what else we can do. Let's put the ladder up there again. Yeah, okay, Dad. Uh, there we are. Now I'll raise the extension again. Well, that's fine, Mr. Andrews. All right. Now, Archie, lock that gadget. Okay, Dad. 
Now, I bet it won't slip in a million years. Yeah, I don't expect to be on the ladder that long. <laughs> but you hold it anyway, now, do you hear? Oh, yes, sirree, Dad. I'll hold it with all my strength. All right. Now, maybe we can get into this house. I... Well, it's just what's going on here. Oh, I'm just going up this ladder to see... Oh, good grief. The policeman. Oh, dear. She wears Ollie. Well... Uh, hello, officer. Yeah. <laughs> A nice evening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lovely evening. But I asked you what's going on here. Well, officer, you see, my name is Fred Andrews, and this is my wife, Mary Andrews, and this is my son, Archie. Never mind the family history. What's going on here? Well, I'm getting to that, officer. I'm getting to that. You see, I live here, and we're locked out of the house. Locked out? Yes, we forgot our keys, and we're trying to get into the house. Mm -hmm. And if you wait just a minute till uh, we get in, officer, I'll be glad to show you my mortgage and prove it's my house and everything. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Good grief. Jughead again. Who? Jughead. He's in the basement, and he's afraid of... In the basement? Listen, I thought you said you were locked out. Oh, we are, officer. We're locked out and Jughead is locked in. Oh, you're locked out and he's locked in. Yes, he's in the preserve closet, officer. Look, Mary, Mary, I don't Mary I'll handle and, this. Uh, yeah, you see, he's really in a jam, you might say. <laughs> you get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Be quiet. <laughs> Jughead, what's the matter now? Jughead, I told you not to be afraid of one little mouse. I'm not, but I think he's brought his friend. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jughead, be quiet for just a minute. We're having a little trouble here. Okay, okay. Oh, that boy. Now, officer, I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I went out to play some bridge. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not interested in any stories. I want to see proof that you own this house. And I want to see whoever it is... You've got locked in that basement. Oh, we don't have him locked in there. He just... Never mind. You just go ahead and get into that house, and then we'll get this thing straightened out. Oh, all right, officer. I will. I will right now. Archie, hold this ladder. Oh, okay, Dad. Okay, I got it. I'm sure you hold it good and strong. I... Come on now. Quit stalling. I don't have all night. Hey, yes, officer. I am. I am. I Softer landing than I expected. Get off my chest! You landed landed right on the policeman. Well, Mary, I Archie, if you. Oh, goodness, I didn't know you were on that ladder, Miss Angel. Veronica, please. Get off my chest! Yes, officer, yes, I'm very sorry. Terribly sorry. Never mind the apologies. 
Just get off my chest! Yes, officer. Archie, give me a hand. Here, Dad. Thank you. No, officer. See, what's, I... what's going on? Jughead. Jughead, how'd you get out? I piled up a bunch of jars and climbed out. Jars? My precious preserved jars? Jughead, did you break any of those jars? My shoes weren't always strawberry colored. Strawberry <laughs> colored? My strawberry jam! Mary, I... My Now, listen to me, all of you. This nonsense has gone far enough. Too far, in fact. Yes, Mr. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jughead, be quiet. Now, there's one thing I want to say. There's one thing I want to say. I... I... Uh-huh. I don't know what kind of shenanigans are going on around here. But, mister, if you can explain this, you better start talking and talk quick. But, officer, I tell you, I can explain the whole thing. My wife and I came home from a bridge game a while ago, and we discovered that we didn't have our keys, and the front door was locked, you see? This door right here was locked tighter than a drum, so we had to find a good grief. The door, it opened. It was open all the time. Oh. And we never tried the door to see if it was locked. Oh, no. Oh, Back to the Andrews. It's half an hour later and things have finally quieted down. We find Archie and his folks inside the house. Oh, oh boy, it feels good to sit down. It certainly does, dear. And how, boy, what a night. Yes, what a day. Oh, great. Uh, that phone again. Oh, gee whiz, I'll get it, Dad. Maybe that's the same person who was calling before. Oh, me. Mary, honestly, I have never seen such a night. Neither have I, dear. But it's all over now. And I think you did a wonderful job of explaining things to that policeman. Well, Mary, it wasn't easy. Oh, but now that it's all over, let's just forget the whole thing, shall we? Yes, Gee, dear. Can you imagine that? Imagine hmm? what? That was Mr. Henderson calling. Said he'd been trying to reach you ever since you left his house. Reach me? What for? To tell you that you left your keys there. Left my keys You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Zantel and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Stay tuned for The Adventures of Sam Spade next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for The Adventures of Sam Spade and the episode The Rushlight Diamond Keeper. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Sam Spade, Detective Agency. Good evening. That sounds funny in dialect. 
and happy Fourth of July, Bernadine Hampton. Oh, Mr. Spade, what was the caper? Don't you mean caper? No, the caper, the high point of the caper, the climax, the crescendo, the pinafore. Now, that's better. For a minute, I was afraid you were uh, learning English. Oh, no, I'm studying Spanish. Soy infeliz que inicia... Yeah, 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 uh, mucho interesting. <laughs> Gracias. Shall I go home now? No, uh, mal suerte. There's a little matter of murder in two languages, neither of which is Spanish, so stay where you are. I'll be right down to dictate my report on the Rushlight Diamond Caper. Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hard-boiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade. Presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade. Date, July 4, 1948, to Mrs. May Rushlight, 21A, Granite Court, from Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject, the uh, Rushlight Diamond. Dear Mrs. Rushlight, it was the kind of nice, relaxing assignment that comes my way just often enough to remind me that gumshoeing can be respectable. There was an air of quiet elegance about 21A, Granite Court, and about the butler who answered the door. He uh, took in my rented gray topper and doeskin gloves, nodded approvingly at my wing collar, watered silk ascot, pearl gray waistcoat, morning coat, pinstripe trousers, and my spats with the mother of pearl buttons, and asked me if I were a florist. I set him to rights, and he led me up a flight of stairs to the early a.m. annex of your morning room. Mr. Samuel Spade. You're just on time, Mr. Spade. Mrs. Rushlight would be pleased. I'm Nancy Ward, Mrs. Rushlight's social secretary. And if you don't think that's tough to say, try it. Uh, Mrs. Rushlight's social... Uh, what's tough about that? Uh, you'll do. Definitely you'll do. Shall we dance? I will dance at her wedding. But don't get me wrong, I'm not secretly in love with Ralph Rushlight, and the bride is lovely. Just hate to see all that money going down the drain. Is there anything else you think I should know? You know what your job is. You're supposed to guard the wedding presents. That's simple because it's nothing but a lot of cheap silver. And stay away from the champagne. It's non-vintage. The food will be foul. The guests are the most dismal aggregation ever assembled. Sounds like a lovely party. I arranged the whole thing. I told you she's a lovely bride. What's she ever do to you? I'd rather not say. I don't want to sound bitter. This way, Mr. Spade. The old hat. Mrs. Rushlight will see you now. Thank you, Florence Nightingale. Nancy? Oh. This is it, darling. Mr. Spade, come over here, young man, so I can get a better look at you. How's this? Hmm, it's good. Turn around. Yes, you'll do. Uh, that'll be all, Nancy. Oh, couldn't I be finishing up these place cards while you talk? Take them with you. Do them outside. Very well. <laughs> Nosy girl. But nice. Nice nose. Oh, you too, eh? Well, I agree. That's why I'm marrying off my nephew to that wretched girl, Lotta Van Eyck. Have you ever seen Bugs Bunny, Mr. Spade? You don't mean the... They protrude. The ears? No, the teeth. Oh. As my late husband used to say of her mother, she could eat a tomato through a tennis racket. There's only one thing that'll prevent this wedding from being an utter disaster. She doesn't understand much English. Uh Uh-huh. What's the matter with your nephew? A great deal, but it doesn't show. Suffice it to say, he has criminal tendencies and the mentality of a snail. 
Mrs. Rushlight, I don't like to seem forward, but why are you telling me all this? Oh, you're, you're supposed to mingle with the guests. You'll need some conversation. Now, as to your assignment. The bride, being what she is, the wedding presents are hardly worth guarding except <clears throat> for one. Ironically enough, it's from me. What is it, a machine gun? Oh, 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 that's good. Oh, oh, excuse me, I must write that down. And then tear it up immediately. <laughs> oh, dear. No, no, Mr. Spade. But it's bad luck, the Rushlight Diamond. You've heard of it? Uh, something about it in the American Weekly a while back, wasn't it? Yes, yes. It's not as large as the Hope Diamond, but there's not a flaw in it. My late husband, Roy Rushlight, bought it for his first wife. She sank with the SS General Slocum in Hellgate, the East River, 19-4, over a thousand lives lost. Luckily, she was wearing a paste copy at the time. I was only a young girl when I married Mr. Rushlight, and a oh, fool that I was, I signed anything his lawyers asked me to sign. After his death, I discovered that the diamond was to be mine only until the marriage of my husband's male heir, at which time it must go to his bride. Well, that's too bad. Uh, you say, though, that the Rushlight diamond is bad luck. Oh. Oh, there's that, of course. <laughs> I wonder if it's too much to hope. Hmm. Well, I must go and help dress the bride. Go along downstairs, Miss Spade. Take this jewel case with you. Put it on the table with the other presents and guard it well. So I took the old velvet-covered case you held out to me and checked the contents. It was an old-fashioned lavalier with a clear stone pendant only slightly smaller than an eight ball. Didn't look like a diamond, but smooth-cut diamonds hardly ever do. It didn't look like bad luck either, but a mirror broke in the hall as I passed it, then I fell all the way down the stairs, and as I entered the ballroom, I knocked over a punch bowl. Nothing uh, really terrible happened until just before dark when the guests began to arrive. In theory, a detective guarding wedding presents is supposed to make himself indistinguishable from the other guests. In practice, it never works out that way. He has to spend most of his time within sight of the booty, so he is very easily spotted. I don't believe it. He's too good-looking. Oh, but he must be. Not anybody we know. Well, ask him. It's Leap here. Oh, here comes Carol Bixby. He'll know. Well, well, well. Beauty gathered around the booty, eh? <laughs> and much more beauty than booty, though. <laughs> Say, when are they going to hang the diamond on that drip? No, no, there's no way to talk about the blushing bride. Is that it in the crummy old case there? That case is heirloom, young lady. The stone that reposes in it is worth a king's ransom. Now take your grubby hands out. Oh. Yeah, but you go on. Well, just because he's trying to give the bride away, he thinks he can order everyone around. Uh, Mr. Spade, allow me to congratulate you, sir. These affairs, one all too often sees the detective on guard duty at the punch bowl. I was forewarned. Oh, yes, very bad champagne, flat. <laughs> I'll be glad when these ill-starred nuptials are consummated. And by the way, Bixby's my name, Colonel Lysander Bixby. Colonel? It is my melancholy and thankless duty to give the bride away to the hapless groom, Ralph Rushlight. However, it's much better to give than to receive. <laughs> you tell that to May Rushlight, eh? Yeah. Quite a trinket. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Mustn't touch grubby hands, remember? Oh, <laughs> sense of humor as well as sense of duty, eh? Candidly, if I knew a place to Colonel fence Bixby. it, I'd be the... Colonel Bixby. Oh, Miss Ward. Ah, how lovely you look. Poor Ralph. Mrs. Rushlight asked me to warn you to get ready. The bride will be down any moment. Good grief. Well, I suppose I must steal myself. Where did I leave my glass? Keep your eye on that old goat, Mr. Spade. I don't trust him. Who is he? He's the only one here who knows why this wedding's happening. The bride's foster father. You mean he's got something on the family? 
You'll never know how much until you kiss the bride. Look, Nancy, it's none of my business, but I... Oh, oh it's starting. I'll have to go in now. Now, wait. What? Uh, how does it go? Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace? No, I, I can't do that. Thank you for understanding. I didn't witness the ceremony, but judging from the mood of those who had, it was just as well I didn't. They shuffled back into the ballroom looking as if they'd witnessed an execution. Nobody seemed to be in a hurry to join the receiving line. After a few half-hearted handshakes, the groom left the bride standing alone, looking kind of bewildered, and came over to take inventory of the presents. Look at that junk. I'm Ralph Freshlight. Who are you? Spade. I was hired to guard this junk, as you call it. Sorry I'm wasting my time. A rush lifetime. Bad luck. Look at what it did to me. Walk at her. Did you ever say anything? Give it to yourself. Why should I? Because I'm liable to slap you clear across this room. Haven't I been punished enough? Go on, go on, scram. Keep your hooks off that necklace. That's mine. I heard it's your wife. Come along, well, you right heard here. Wrong. Come along over here. Oh, Mr. Spade, you haven't met the bride yet, have you? Uh, no. Thank you. I, uh, I uh, wish you a lot of luck, Mrs. Rushlight. You're going to need it. Thank you. Well, I suppose now as well as any time, Colonel. Oh, very well, my dear. Uh, quiet, please. Huh. Quiet, everyone. Uh, and Mrs. Rushlight, the old, uh, the elder Mrs. Rushlight, that is, has something to say to you. Mr. Spain. Yes? And the necklace, will you please hand it to me? With pleasure. I'm tired of looking at it. Oh, you're not done yet. Stay close by my side. <clears throat> dear friends, at this solemn moment, I want, first of all... To welcome this dear little girl into the Rushlight family. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and now, dear Lotta, I will place around your neck the gem which was my heritage when I became a Rushlight and which is now yours. Thank you. <laughs> now, what's wrong? Lotta, come back here. Lotta! I'll go out to the carport and hit her off. Oh, you leave her alone. I'll take care of Whose wife is she, anyhow? Lotta, come back here. Lotta, bring it back. Shame of joining the chase, but I had to because I'd been hired to guard the rushlight diamond, and for my money, the best way to do that was to help her get away. Well, somebody got to her before I did. A strip of wedding gown satin marked the spot. The body lay crumpled under a hedge, but it wasn't the bride's body. It was the groom. He'd been stabbed to death with a pair of garden shears, which made sense. But what didn't make sense was that the necklace she'd been wearing was still clutched in his hand. The makers of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. to the Rushlight Diamond Caper. Tonight's adventure with Sam Spade. Number 21A Granite Court was teeming with motives and suspects. But the police were primarily interested in locating Lotta, the missing bride and widow of Ralph Rushlight. So was I. 
She looked like less work than the rest of you because if she had killed him, it was self-defense if she knew enough English. By 10 in the a.m. when I checked in at my office, she was still successfully eluding the police dragnet. That was because nobody, including me, had thought of looking in my office. Wow. Good morning. Thank you. Is that all the English you know? Thank you, no. I want my necklace. The police have it. You go with me. Tell them who I am. Okay, but first, I have to know who you are. Where you came from, what your connection with Colonel Bixby is. I am in Macassar being born. In Macassar? Dutch colony. Uh-huh. My father there seven years ago dying is. When I, 13 years old, have arrived. I see. Colonel Bixby in San Francisco, the financial representative for my father was. I am adopted to him, not for a father, but so he takes care of my money, which coming of age am I a rich Dutch woman. Uh-huh, but... Legally, he's your foster father. Yeah. Also, legally, I'm the wife of Rushlight. I want my necklace. You married him for the necklace? Yeah. Why did he marry you? For one half of necklace when we sell. But all, everything to take he wishes. You and Ralph are going to divvy the take from the Rushlight diamond, you thought. Yeah, yeah. And what was the colonel going to get? Money well, from Mrs. Rushlight. Oh, now, wait. That doesn't make sense. Mrs. Rushlight stood to lose a small fortune by that marriage. Why should she pay the colonel to promote it? You the detective, are. You said that. Where my necklace are. That I say. Yeah, well, look, I'm not as sure as I was. Uh, wait just a minute. I'll uh, check on it. Homicide, <clears throat> Lieutenant Dundee. Uh, Spade, Dundee. Uh, yes, Sam. What's new on the rushlight caper? Oh, you know I can't talk about the case, Sam. Oh? I got a line on that girl. Oh? Well, where is she? You know I can't talk about that, Dundee. Oh, you can't, can't you? Well, let's see if this doesn't change your mind. The necklace we found on Rushlight's body was a phony, a base copy. Uh-huh. Does that make her guiltier than she was before? Well, now she's got a motive. Those all our previous theories into a cartet. Now, where's the girl? She's in my office, Lieutenant, dear. Come and get her. Thank you. You, Sam. Back again? Yeah, do you mind? Well, that depends on who you came to see. You, sweetheart. Oh. But uh, first, I'd like to talk to Mrs. Rushlight. Well, she can't see anyone. She's in a state of nervous collapse over the... over Ralph's death. Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. You uh, seem to be holding up pretty well. I'm relieved. He's better off dead than married to that... Yeah. Rushlight Diamond's still unlucky, you know. What do you mean by that? I was just trying it on for size. Uh-huh. And does it fit? Yeah, but uh, you and Mrs. Rushlight are about the same size. Her uh, nerves getting any better? You're the doctor. If you want to see her, go ahead. She's up there. Thank you. <laughs> Mrs. Rushlight. Go away, I knew. Oh. I'm sorry to break in on you like this, but I haven't got much time. How dare you! Nancy! Nancy! Try this out, girl. Mr. Spade, please leave me alone with my grief. Funny thing. Yesterday, Nancy was carrying a torch for Ralph, and you were holding the torch to him. Today, it's different. Oh, good heavens. You you, you don't think I'm grief-stricken over Ralph. Good. That's one less mystery. Mr. Spade, what do you want? Your nephew's killer. Oh, does it matter? It does to me. Somebody getting knocked off right under my nose is bad for private detectives everywhere. Oh, 
And for a moment, I thought that... Say, wouldn't you rather make some more money? I refuse to marry Lotta. Oh, no, nothing like that. It's the necklace, Mr. Spade, the genuine. What is? I don't know. All I know is the other one isn't. Who told you that? Well, well the police know. It's, it's in the papers, isn't it? Not yet. Well, how else would I learn? The murderer is the only one who could have told you, unless you're the murderer. I see. Very well, Mr. Spade. I'll tell you what I know. I'm not as wealthy as you might think. In, in, in fact, I have for four years lived from pillar to post, from hand to mouth, ragtag and bobtail, struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, what you mean is you're eking out a meager existence, keeping your head above water, one jump ahead of the sheriff, stalked by the grim specter of poverty. Is that right? Oh, how well you put it. In fact, Mr. Spade, I'm something of a crook. I've borrowed large sums of money from Colonel Bixby, putting up as collateral something that was not mine to forfeit. Uh-uh. Don't tell me. Let me guess. Uh, it was the Rushlight Diamond? Well, you seem to know everything. All but one thing. Why did you think he could palm off a paste copy on an operator like Bixby? He sent you here. I, I won't tell you another single thing. Well, then I'll tell you a few things. The only way the Rushlight Diamond could be transferred legally into the hands of Colonel Bixby was by tricking Ralph into marriage with Lot, since Ralph's wife automatically became the legal owner. With Ralph dead, Bixby would be in line to inherit the diamond from her. Inherit? California state law. Foster parent may inherit from a foster child in absence of any direct heir. Well, why the... then he planned. He... He'd kill her, too. M Mr. Spade, we must stop him. She's safe for the time being. I had her thrown into the pokey. They can hold her 48 hours for questioning, but they can hold you longer. They can even hold you as an accessory before the fact. Why? Why, I, I didn't know he was going to kill anyone. Lotta was just going to hand over a million-buck diamond to Bixby out of the kindness of her heart? Oh, no. Lotta wanted to become an American citizen. Marriage is the quickest way. For her, Ralph was the only way. Okay, I'll buy that. Now, tell me honestly, Mrs. Rushlight, what happened to the genuine stone? I honestly didn't know. I wasn't sure. But now there can be only one answer. Nancy with the laughing face? She went with me when I went to the bank vault to get the Rushlight diamond to present to Lotta after the ceremony. Uh -huh. She looked after <clears throat> all my jewels, including the paste copy that I habitually wore. Uh, Spade again, Dundee. I, uh... I think I got the rushlight caper all wrapped up. I'm heading for your office now, so wait for me. And whatever you do, don't let that lot of dame out of your sight. Thank you. Goodbye. Wait a minute, Sam. Wait a minute. Yeah? The lot of dame. She's already gone. Escape? Bailed out. Custody of her foster father. Wait a minute. I got the name here, sir. Bixby. He's a colonel, and no wonder you're only a lieutenant. Uh, Mr. Spade, can't you stay for tea? Not thirsty. Fancy? Nancy, where are you? Oh, here I am, Sam. I, I was waiting for you. You got the keys to that car out in front? Why, yes. You want to borrow it? Yes, with you in it. Why, Sam, where did I put my face on? Let it go. It's as good as lost anyway. Come on. What is this place? Never mind, just hang on. I'll fly you up to the second floor. Sam, that was a shot that sounded like Lotta. You stay here. Don't come in until I call you. Speed, what are Get you doing? Get back in there. Drop it. Drop it or I'll crack your elbow. That's better. Now sit down. I'm going to look this over. Looks real cute. 
Uh-huh. Powder burns, gun beside the chair, and what's this? Well, 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 a note in Dutch. It's a suicide note. She killed herself. I can almost believe that. You've handled this very well, considering the bad breaks you've had. Only one thing wrong. Do I scent a bargain? I don't have to bargain. I've got the diamond. All you've got is two murders wrapping on your thick noggin. Don't be absurd. I know who has the real necklace. Then you better talk to her directly. You can come in now. Sam, was that... Oh, that poor, homely little dame. What did she ever do? Stop. You're breaking my heart. She committed suicide. You know better than that. She committed suicide. If the colonel's price is right. Oh, Oh, I see. I'll put it to you directly. It's not easy to fence. It'll have to be cut. That'll decrease the value considerably. Say, uh, $10,000. No questions asked. Pardon me. That suicide shot is ringing in my ears. I can't hear you. Uh, 20000 50 All right, 100000 Sam, don't be a fool. Take it. I'll give you a real break, Colonel. That's the cops coming after you. Anything, Spade. What do you want me to do? I want you to try and get out of here. What what are you going to do? There's the door. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Colonel. All right, men, remember, he's desperate. Six feet. We're giving you a chance. Come down or we're coming up after you. Come on. Come on, get up, Colonel. Here he comes. Watch it, Dundee. Here he comes. And that, Mrs. Rushlight, is the crop. For a man that went down fighting, Colonel Bixby didn't need much persuading once they got him under the lights down at headquarters. He confessed to everything, and the murders weren't the worst of it, the way I figure. The worst of it was the cruel way he victimized the poor little ugly duckling, Lotta Van Eyck. It's tough enough to be whipped before you start. Period and a report. My goodness, that was Louie Trist Day. I-, I mean, I'm beginning to see why Effie gets so repressed sometimes. Effie, depressed? That little doll told you that? Only between she and I and the lamppost. She's so sensitive, you know. Not like I, of course. I invariably cry at weddings. You don't say, Bernadine. Uh, you attend uh, weddings often? Hmm? With high frequency, Mr. Spade. You mean frequently? No, no. The last time it was FM. You know, frequency moderation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> moderation in all things, I always say. You mean you attend radio weddings? Oh, yeah. I've been married six times. My next date is television. You've been married six times? Well, to each his own, Mr. Spade. You mean six men have... Oh, no. No, I only marry my husband. Repetition is the spice of variety, I always say. Is that legal? If it's not after six weddings, what isn't? <laughs> to uh, each his own, you say? Well, we don't presume to make a career out of it. As soon as we get the mangler and the deep freeze, we're going on our honeymoon. Well, congratulations, and uh, type this up when you have the time. Mrs. Uh, Bernadine Hemp. <laughs> But I kept relaxing into Spanish. Yes, I know how. And Effie's typewriter doesn't have any upside-down question marks. Upside down. Mm-hmm. Take a memo. Call typewriter man. I already have. Oh, um, I almost forgot. You received a telegramic commutation. A telegramic what? A wire. Oh, a wire. 
Well, open it and read it. In English, por favor. Uh, it says, uh, Dear Sam. Figures. In the haste of my departure, I neglected to warn you about Bur- Well, when I do that one another favor, she'll have silver threads. Who? That ball of fire whom I'm taking the place of in order to be double-crossed of by... Effie? Is she, uh, still in far-off Canab? And good rubbish, if you'll pardon the expression. Oh, Bernadine, let me see that. Hmm. I, uh, <clears throat> I neglected to warn you about Bernadine. I'm sending the tales, airmail special, but in the meantime, whatever you do, don't go to any radio broadcast with her, and if she comes to work in a wedding gown, take the day off. Love, Effie... And I had two tickets for honeymoon payoff, and now she went and spoiled everything. Oh, now there, Bernadine, you just have to marry your husband again, that's all. I wouldn't have had the time anyway. I know, it's just the principle. Good night, Mr. Say. Good night, uh, buenas noches, hasta la vista. Jesse, why did you ever leave me? Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Duff. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tolman and Gil Dowd, with musical direction by Lud Gluskin. Gil Dowd directed tonight's broadcast in William Spear's absence. Join us again next Sunday for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. This is Dick Joy reminding you to... Get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. It keeps your hair in trim. You see, it's non-alcoholic, Charlie. It's made with soothing lanolin. You better get Wild Root Cream Oil, Charlie. Start using it today. You'll find that you will have a tough time, Charlie. Keep on all the gals away. Hiya, Baldy. Get Wild Root right away. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Red Skelton, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.